called. Driven by excellence. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 39, talk about Joseph. I love the story of Joseph. And like any story, there's opportunity to look at it often and see, allow God to teach you different things through it. So um, chapter 39, starting in verse one, say amen if you're ready. All right. That's good. That was good. That was a strong amen. I'm impressed. 39 verse one. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian, who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in the eyes in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household or from the time the Egyptian, let me back up. From the time he put him in charge of the household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. How many of you know that sometimes God is going to bless people you didn't expect through your obedience? And you should be good with it. Maybe he's going to bless your boss through your obedience and you don't like your boss. Be okay with him blessing him. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in a house and in the field. So Potiphar left everything he had in Joseph's care. With Joseph in charge, he did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. The only decision he had to make was fried chicken today or fish. Now Joseph was well built and handsome. The only thing scripture says was wrong with Joseph was that he was well built and handsome. Everybody's got to fight through something. (laughs) Now, Joseph was well-built and handsome. And after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, PG, we're going to leave it PG. Come to bed with me. They're having a sleepover. (laughs) But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns has been entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you. Because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day after day after day after day, (laughs) he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went to the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. My man should have ran at that very moment. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Father, we pray today that as we look into this story, you change our hearts. God, we'd be bent towards excellence. God, that that people would know us the type of job we do. We pray, Lord, that your blessing would be on our lives just as it was on Joseph's life. 
And we thank you for it in advance. In Christ's name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Excellence is a funny thing. It may mean different things in different circumstances, but it's the same thing in every circumstance. Excellence for you is the best that you can possibly do. But now let me say something. If you've been doing it for 10 years, you should be better at it than when you started. Experience should make you better. So, oftentimes... Now, excellence at McDonald's is probably looks different than excellence at a five-star restaurant. Somebody say amen about that. <laughs> but nonetheless, you could be excellent at McDonald's. So what you find out is circumstances don't dictate excellence as much as your determination dictates excellence. But oftentimes in our lives, circumstances will govern whether we try our hardest or not. Joseph has found himself in a situation where now he's been sold multiple times to different people. His brothers sell him, and then the people that his brothers sold him to are now selling him to Potiphar in Egypt. And if anybody had a reason not to do a good job, I think it would have been Joseph. I think it would have been Joseph. I think if he'd have refused to do anything, he'd have been just within his rights. Are you kidding me? I'm not supposed to be here. I'm a favored son. I got a coat of many colors. I got my dad loved me more than anyone else. And I know that every family in here has a favorite too. So just let's get over it. We would always tell our kids, we're like, we're not, we're not playing. Fa- we do have a favorite. You guys just have to figure out who it is. <laughs> and so we'd sit down at the dinner table and they're like, no, they like me more. Um, So Joseph was a favored son. His brothers became jealous about it. And and they sold him into slavery. So so Joseph's circumstances would have been such that we would not have faulted him for not doing his best. Nobody would have faulted him for being sold into Potiphar's house and going, you know what? I'm not serving you. There's no way I'm going to do it. You're, you're, a, you're a slave driver. You, 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 I'm, you bought me illegitimately. This is crazy. I shouldn't even be here. I shouldn't have to do any of this stuff. I'm not doing it. But what we find when we read it is that Joseph walks in to the house of Potiphar and outdoes anyone else working there. Now, this is interesting to me. Uh, Scholars say that he probably started outside the house. You're not going to let somebody you don't know in the house very first thing. You're going to let them mow the grass. You're going to let them take care of the grounds. You're going to let them trim the hedges. You're going to let them work outside. And so Potiphar worked, or Joseph working outside caught the eye of Potiphar. Everything he did to that point was excellent. And the, and the Lord was blessing it. And so it said he moved into Potiphar's house and the same thing happened in Potiphar's house. Now what you have to realize is there was already a bunch of slaves working in his household. Joseph wasn't coming as the first guy. He was coming in the first among many people. And so he walks in and his work ethic is so excellent that he starts getting the attention of Potiphar. Now watch this. It does say that the Lord was blessing all that he did. But what I'm concerned about is that he was doing something the Lord could bless. So, Joseph wasn't asking God to bless him in spite 
of his work ethic. He was asking him to bless his work ethic. That's two different things. Let me paint the picture for you. I was in, um, I had a short stint in college. And it depends on how you measure it, whether it was successful or not. Um, But I can remember, maybe not preparing for a test so much. And I don't know if any of you have ever been in this circumstance, but then what you do is you begin to pray, maybe 10 minutes before the test. And I know scripture, so I would pray, Lord Solomon prayed the right prayer. And you said, because he didn't ask for wealth or fame, but he asked for wisdom to lead your people, that you would give him everything. That you would give him wisdom, supernatural wisdom, and you would give him wealth and fame. Lord, I'm not asking for wealth or fame. I'm asking for wisdom beyond my years. I'm asking your Holy Spirit to give me knowledge that I do not have. Now, here's the problem. It never worked. Because I was asking God to bless me in spite of me. I was asking God to bless me in spite of in spite of my work ethic. So I had no work ethic. So I was asking him to do something that I, that I, I haven't even tried. At. And so instead of what I learned as I got older is that it's much easier to ask God to bless your best effort. Did you hear me? Any college students in here? It helps to open the book. It helps to go to class. Trust me when I say this. So it happens oftentimes in our lives. We're going to work for people we don't like. And we're asking God to bless a below excellent work ethic. And here's what I found out about this story. Is that Joseph's circumstance would have given him the ability to have a below, a below excellent work ethic. Because he was working for somebody he didn't like. I can't imagine he showed up at Potiphar's house going, man, this is the best guy. I'm so glad I'm here. This is amazing. I'm just, this is a lovely house. It really is. No, Joseph shows up having been sold into slavery against his will. It it wasn't that he had racked up a lot of debt and had to sell himself into slavery to pay it off. It was that his brothers, his own family had done it to him. So now he's in a circumstance where nobody would have faulted him. But the Bible says he wakes up every morning, does the best he can, and God blesses what he puts his hand to, and the people around him that don't even believe in God start to see it. I wonder if the best way to our employers' hearts is not through their wallets. I'm going to give you a second. Think about this. If I want a promotion... I believe the best way for me to get a promotion is actually be a blessing to the guy that can promote me. Not a thorn in his side. Because here in this story, what you find out is that Joseph can't get promoted outside of Potiphar. Potiphar is his only means to promotion. So it would behoove him every morning to wake up and go, you know what? I'm going to do the best I can. And if God blesses Potiphar out of my hard work, then that's good. Because what you find out is the less Potiphar had to deal with, the more he liked Joseph. What if we showed up every week at work and the boss looked at us and said, man, as long as you show up today, I know everything's going to be all right. I know 
I know that as long as you show up, this thing's going to work well. Some of you are your own bosses, so you're telling yourself that, that every morning. i got to show up ready to work. Potiphar blesses Joseph. It says that he promotes him. He's in charge of the whole thing. He's in charge of the whole thing. Paul later writes in the New Testament to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. He writes this. He says, whatever your hands find to do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Now, a lot of times we'll stop there. And we'll use that. Man, whatever my hands find to do, whatever circumstance I'm in, whatever, wherever I'm at, work as, in, and a, uh, as working into the Lord. As, I was, as, as if the Lord was my boss. I'm going to tell you something some days. I don't think we want the Lord to be our boss. Mm. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord. Now, you can't leave off the end of that, not for human masters. Because if you read a couple verses before that, you realize Paul's talking about talking to slaves right here. He's saying how households should work. And he talks about wives and husbands and fathers and mothers and all this stuff. And then he gets down to slavery. He gets down to the slaves, which it was a common prayer. It was part of society back then. So he's like, I'm addressing everybody in the house. And so he writes this to slaves. He doesn't say, run off and do something else. No, he says, whatever you wake up in the morning and your hands find to do, do it with everything that you have as if you're working for God, not human masters. Where do you think Paul got that? Paul, Paul was a, a student of Jewish history. He had, he had been taught by the best people. So he goes back into Genesis and he realizes the example for what he's telling the Colossians is, Joseph wakes up every morning and does the absolute best he can. God blesses what he does. Potiphar's blessed out of what Joseph does. By the way, stop hating on your boss for getting better. You're the one making him better. We'll talk about getting credit later. So Paul in the New Testament points all the way back to Joseph in the Old Testament and says, hey, listen, don't forget, your circumstance doesn't dictate how well you do your job. Who you work for, what you do, when you do it, that doesn't dictate how well you do your job. You wake up every morning, do the best you can. And so let me, let me also say this, just in case you get nervous. We also see other parts of the Bible where you're only responsible for the best that you can do. I should put a big smile on some of your faces. You're only responsible for the best that you can do. God's not holding you to my standard and I'm not being held to you. That's why in the parable of the talents, he says, I gave them each according to his own ability. God, God can flesh out what you're capable of. The problem is God knows what you're capable of. You may be able to fool some people around here, but God knows what you're capable of. Before the foundations of the world, He formed you, the Bible says. And so He knows inherently what you're capable of. He knows you intimately. He knows whether it's excellent or not excellent. He knows whether you're putting in a full day or not a full day. And so what He wants to do is bless the work of your hands. So Paul tells the New Testament church, he says, hey, listen, whatever you do, do it with everything that you have. Give your best. Give your best. No matter what your circumstances, give your best. 
So circumstances don't matter. So here's the second thing I realized. So the first thing is circumstances don't matter. So the second thing is that, is that you have to do something for God to bless it. Now, now don't get weirded out on me. Salvation is free. Amen? Amen. Thank the Lord. Salvation is free. It's by grace alone, in faith alone, in Christ alone. It's an absolute free gift. I can't do anything. Paul said that it's not by works lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. So I can't, I can't be saved by working hard, but I can be blessed by working hard. Amen. And there, I believe there's a whole lot of lazy people going to heaven. I didn't hear any wives going, amen. <laughs> I believe there will be lazy people going to heaven, but I don't believe they'll experience God's blessing on the earth. Because, because Moses wrote a Psalm, Psalm 90, and it says, establish the work of our hands. There's a thing about excellence where you have to wake up in the morning and determine you're going to do something the best you can possibly do it. So the thing about Joseph was, was, was God supernaturally blessing him? Yes, but oh, Joseph was offering up a sacrifice of praise through his work. Joseph wasn't sitting around in a lounge chair going, ah, God's going to bless it. No, he was tenacious. He was getting the job done. He was, he was ignoring his circumstance and pouring out his heart every day anyway. He was plugged in. He was going for it every day, day after day after day. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it better. I'm going to do it better. And when you live a life like that, God can come along behind you and lay his hand on it. And this is when exponential increase happens. God, I'm giving you the best I've got. He said, that's good enough. <laughs> Isn't that how God does you? (laughs) So what happens is Joseph presents an excellent thing to God and God says, I'm going to multiply it. And now it gets everybody's attention. Now everybody in the house has to pay attention because Joseph's climbing the ladder. Hey, why is he getting promoted? He's better than you. Yeah. Why Why is he getting promoted? Man, everything that guy does. He does his hardest, and then it seems like it just, man, God blesses it. God blesses it. God blesses it. Hey, you know what? You know what I found out? This is, this is for you only because I didn't tell the first and second service this, but you guys bring out the best in me. We'll talk about that later. Here's what I found out. I found out that more responsibility means people trust you more. You know what I found out so often? I I hear people complaining about more responsibility. And I'm going, wait a second. That means Potiphar's not worried about it. That means you've done such a good job that the guy above you, it doesn't matter the circumstance, feels comfortable giving you more authority. You know what happens when I get more authority in life? I'm like, baby, I'm in charge. We're going somewhere, right? But so oftentimes we want to we weigh it out with our circumstance. Joseph's just moving up. God's blessing his life. What, what happens with more blessing? Now he's in charge of the outside and the inside. God just keeps packing on responsibility. Hey, this is how it's going to work, buddy. We're gonna, I'm going to bless you. Everybody's going to notice you're going to be in charge of everything. Listen, you know what? There is no way to the top without more responsibility. Right. 
It don't come on break. There, how does Joseph get trained to lead all of Egypt? You know what? He gets trained leading outside first. Then he gets trained leading inside. Then he gets trained leading the prison. Then he, you see what the training looks like? God, I'm going to give you my best. You're going to bless it. Oh, there comes a promotion. I'm going to give you my best. You're going to bless it. Here comes a promotion. I'm going to give you my best. You're going to bless it. Before you know it, God's training us for more responsibility and more responsibility and more because we're giving him something he can bless. I never want to be in a situation where I've got to pray the blessing of God in spite of my actions. I want to make it easy for God to bless me. Amen. I want to wake up in the morning and do good to people whether they do good to me or not. I want to wake up in the morning and be a blessing to people whether they know Jesus or not. I want to wake up in the morning and have people blessed around me because I did what he called me to do. And so what you find out is everybody in the house was blessed. Because Joseph was living a life of excellence. God was blessing it. And then there comes the last part. Joseph's only crime was being good looking. I know it's tough. (laughs) Many of you men out there suffer the same plight. It's just a daily struggle, but I pray that you'd be excellent at it. So what happens is he, um, I don't know what kind of husband Potiphar was, but his wife was looking for someone else. By the way, man, be excellent. It'll lower those chances. His wife was looking for someone else and Joseph caught her eye. And, um, and she went after him full bore. You know what's interesting about being excellent is it's always fun when somebody's applauding you. Did you ever realize that? It's easy to do your best job and everybody's like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Look at him. <laughs> so good. You know your parents used to clap for you when you used the bathroom? <laughs> Remember that. Remember that. (laughs) There's one day your kids might clap for you when you're using the bathroom. (laughs) That could be true. That could be true. You did it, Mom. You did it. Excellence cannot be dependent on praise. Did you hear me? Excellence can never be dependent on praise because leadership will always put you in a position where you're going to have to upset somebody. Leadership will always put you in a position where half the people aren't going to agree with you. Leadership will always put you in a position where, where maybe a majority of people are going to say, well, you're not doing it the right way. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. But excellence causes you to not need the applause. If you wake up every morning, Paul didn't say, to the church in Colossians, the Colossians, he didn't say, look, do whatever you find your hands to do with all of your heart as long as everybody's happy with you doing it. As long as everybody's applauding. Can I talk to the mothers here? Some of you have been doing it a long time without any claps and you're still doing it. Without any applause. And you're still changing diapers and you're still, you're still sitting over a kid that's throwing. You're still doing all the hard work and the applause hasn't come. Listen, there's one in heaven applauding you every single day. And whether the applause comes here or not, it doesn't change the fact that he's called us to be excellent. Amen? Amen. 
Man, husbands, make it easier. Clap every now and then. (laughs) So what happens is, Joseph's in leadership now, and the decision he's making, the guy's wife doesn't like. You want to talk about difficult circumstance. He's leading the whole household. And she thinks because he's her slave that she can have her way with him. And he says, wait a second, that's not the excellent way. Your husband has given me rule and reign over this whole place. There's nobody more in charge than me around here. And the only thing he's withheld from me is you. And that's where it's going to stay. Now the NIV translates this as cloak. It says that, that she trapped him in a room with, 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 without anybody there. And it says she grabbed him and tried to take him to bed and he runs out of his cloak. That might be a little bit inaccurate in the translation. Other translations talk about an inner garment. She was going for the win. (laughs) I'm not trying to take your jacket off today. So, So what happens is this. Then he runs out and she's holding The evidence. She goes back and tells everybody. She goes back and tells Potiphar, more importantly, this Egyptian that you're so fond about has tried to make sport of me. Now, I do want you to realize that Potiphar could have had him killed instantly, but he doesn't. So I'm not sure how much he believed his wife. Instead, he sends him to prison, which he could have had him killed and nobody would have even blinked. He's a slave. He, he's, he's tried to violate his wife. He can do whatever he wants with him, but he doesn't. And the fact that Potiphar had some sense of mercy on Joseph meant that he thought more highly of him. By the way, your excellent reputation will guard you when a lot of people don't believe in you. They'll say, man, I can't. There's no way he did it. No way. No way he did it. I don't believe it for a second. No way he did it. Why do you believe that? Everybody's saying he did because I know him. Because everything that guy touches blesses me. You see, we, we think we're doing it, we're doing it for somebody else, and, and, and we're really doing it for ourselves. You build a reputation one day that cannot be tarnished, no matter who says something about you. So what happens is there's no applause now. So watch this. I'll be a little bit transparent with you and give you my inner insecurities. Are you ready? So I told the first and second service, obviously you're my favorite. (laughs) Actually, that's not what I said. Um, I told them they were my favorite, but um, I have to do that because you guys are sensitive. (laughs) So here's what happens a lot of times. So uh, I do three services back to back to back. Now, as you can imagine, how many of you have come to a different time where you're pretty much locked in to I'm sleeping in late and I'm coming at... 11. Anybody else come at 8.30 ever? 10 o'clock ever? Okay. So you know, if you, if you transition between service times, you know they're drastically different, aren't they? Drastically. Holy Spirit shows up at 10, man. Just let me know. Raucous crowd. 8.30? Eh. I think people are still wiping the sleepies away sometimes. 8.30. It is more devoted and so they're a little more quiet and then there are times that I come to the 11 30 service and I'm asking God 
if I have made a mistake sometimes. You guys have been great today. So watch this. Human nature is to preach to the applause. Did you hear me? Human nature is to go where you're appreciated. Human nature is to do the best work for the people that appreciate you the most. Human nature is to show up when somebody shows up for you. Human nature is when I get a raise, I'll give them more. It's not what Joseph did. Joseph did the right thing knowing, knowing the wrong result was going to happen. Joseph did the right thing knowing that nobody would clap for it. Joseph did the right thing knowing he'd be punished for it. So here's what I deal with sometimes. What I deal with sometimes is making sure that my sermon is the same regardless of the response. Because how do I know the third service ain't full of a bunch of Presbyterians that just showed up? <laughs> Nothing wrong with Presbyterians, but you don't say amen in church. So you show up for the first time and I go, hey, everybody says amen. They're like, no, we don't. <laughs> I mean, that was a good sermon, but we're not saying anything out loud. It's disrespectful. So what you have to realize is I have to do my best even if I don't get any feedback. The lesson learned from mothers. The appreciation for changing a one-year-old's diaper is that you get to change it again. Think about it. Think about how many things in our life, the appreciation is oftentimes the opportunity to do it again. Nobody's clapping. Nobody's, nobody's saying, well done. Nobody's saying anything about it. But God has called us to lead at a level that's not dependent on those things. Can you imagine? Imagine your baby the first time you change the diet, like, nobody appreciates this. I'm not doing it anymore. The quickest way to lose what we have is depend on appreciation to keep doing it. The quickest way for Joseph to lose all the blessing of God was to get distraught about losing everything he had in the house, getting sent to the prison. The quickest way for him to lose everything would have been, you know what? Forget about this. Nobody's clapping anymore. But he goes and repeats the same process in prison. Throw him into prison. Guess what? He's running the prison. I'm going to do the best I could do. He's saying, he's living Paul's words before Paul can even write them. I'm going to get up every morning. Whatever my hands find to do, I'm going to do it as if I'm working for the Lord, not for human masters. I'm going to make it happen. Nobody has to clap. Nobody has to clap. I'm going to just get up and do the right thing. I'm going to get up and do the best thing. I'm going to do the best I can. Oh, it's been so long since I got a raise. Keep working. You know what an amazing thing says in scripture? Do not grow weary in doing good. You know why it says that? Because you will grow weary in doing good. It never advises you about things that won't happen. It never says duck when unicorns fly over your head. Because it's not true. It says, do not grow weary in doing good. Because in due season, you will reap a reward if you do not give up. So how do we live? 
We live excellent. We wake up every morning, regardless of the circumstance, and we give God something He can bless because what's coming is a reward that only God can give. And so I don't have to live for the, for the applause and praise of man because I know in due season, God will bring me a reward. So if I've got to live in Potiphar's house for a while and nobody claps, that's fine. If I've got to live in the prison for a while and nobody claps, then that's fine. If I've got to run all of Egypt, Where Joseph ends up and nobody claps. That's fine too. Because in due season, I'll reap a reward that surpasses all the clapping I could have gotten in between. So what we have to be convinced of, church, is that excellence has its own reward from the one who created us to be that way. That I don't have to live for the applause of man. Can I say this how it looks in, a, in modern day terms, we don't clap for each, any, each other anymore. We click for each other. We click for each other, right? And so what do we do? We do, we do? we do something great. We take a picture of it. By the way, if you're taking a picture of it, probably, you probably could have done it better because you're trying to hold a camera while you're doing it. And everybody knows you could do it better if you weren't taking a picture. Oh, you're driving and taking a video at the same time. I'm pretty sure you could be driving better than you currently are. Pretty sure. So we do something that we think is excellent. We take a picture. And then we put it out there for all the world to see. And we wait. And we wait. And we check. And we check. And we check. Do they approve of me or not? And then if we're not careful, we start to adjust According to man's approval. What pictures do they like? The issue is this. I don't have to post anything for God to see me. I don't have to wait on any returns. It's said that Joseph offered up the best he could possibly do and God blessed what he did. Amen? So let me break this down right at the end for mothers. Because I know there's pressures on you that men don't have. Thank the Lord, by the way. <laughs> I know there's pressures on you that, that kind of slip by men in our existence. And I want to encourage you today that the most excellent thing you could do is be you. Be the best of what God created you to be. Be the best you you can be. Don't be like anybody else you see on social media. Don't be like anybody else you work with. Just be you. Be comfortable in your own skin. Now, I'm going to say something, men. I'm giving you opportunity here. Listen, you're already beautiful. You're already beautiful. You don't need to gain any, lose any. You don't need to be any taller, any shorter. You're already beautiful the way you are. You could say amen again. I don't know if they believed it the first time. You're already beautiful. So forget about what anybody else says you should look like. Forget about what anybody else says you need to act like. Joseph, way back at the beginning, had a dream in his heart from God. Got a glimpse of what God wanted him to accomplish. And no matter what circumstance he was in, he held on to that. So I want to encourage you today on Mother's Day. You're a gift of God. 
He's put something deep down inside of you that he wanted you to accomplish, that he, that he, that he created you specifically for and gave you the talents and abilities. And he wants you to wake up every morning to be the best you you could possibly be, not comparing yourself to anyone else or anything else, but be the best you you could possibly be. And when you offer up that sacrifice of praise, he says he'll put his hand on it and bless it. And so when you're changing kids' diapers and nobody's clapping, when you're fixing food and your husband's complaining it's Brussels sprouts again, when you're, when you're doing all this stuff and nobody's clapping, realize that there's a God in heaven going, that's exactly what I was looking for. You're exactly what I was looking for. You're exactly what I was looking for. That's exactly what I can bless right now. And then the byproduct of that is even the people that don't clap get blessed. Isn't it crazy? That because you are the best you, you can be people around you, everybody ends up experiencing the blessing of God. And I want to just encourage you this morning that God made you uniquely you and that he's blessed you to do what he's only called you to do. So do it with everything that you have. Be confident about who he's made you to be and what he's called you to do. Amen? Come on, can we stand together and pray like that? Father, we thank you this morning. God, you've given the church a unique opportunity to do a great job, but then have it become exponentially better because you'll bless it. And so we ask you this morning that, Lord, you give us the ability to almost ignore our circumstances and even when it seems like we shouldn't God that we'd give our best every time we have a spirit of excellence in us we pray that our that our labor would be something you could bless Lord and we pray God that we would that we would live for the applause of one that it would be you that we seek approval from Lord and Lord when you put us in leadership and things get difficult we pray God that we'd be able to make the excellent choice pray that we'll be able to make the excellent decision. We pray that we'll be able to honor you in every circumstance. I pray for every mom in here today. Lord, I pray that you bless the work of her hands. Pray that you bless her spirit, God. Pray that you give her confidence, Lord, in what you've called her to do. And Lord, I pray that she sends you clapping for her this morning. Lord, appreciating all that she's done. And I pray that the people around her would echo that praise today. We thank you for this great moment we've had. We look forward to being in your presence. Thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church. Could you give him praise this morning?